0: Welcome back to this special edition of The Skinny. Can't Stout with you, Rico Elmore in the house, Rob Klepper here with us, Smoke, yes, Tony Stewart in the house as well, and a couple of call-in guests, two-time Chili Bowl winners, Rico Abreu and Corey Crewsman. Stay with us. It's going to be fun. The only reason we really brought Klepper in here is so I could put him on the spot every now and again. So <laughs> give us uh, give us your best New Zealand story. You and you and your brother down there tearing things up, and uh, you've got to have something.
1: We got to go down there twice uh, in 98 to 99. Then we were there from 99 to 2000, so for the millennium switch. And New Zealand's the first country across the international dateline. So it was the first country on the planet to... Move into the new millennium, which meant big so parties. got that going in for Auckland. You. We got that going for us, but we also got in trouble. I think it was Once media again, day. You've been down to Western <laughs> Springs, I'm sure they <laughs> yeah. do a media day. They put the drivers out on the track. Local news shows up, and, you know, uh, shoots some uh, interviews with the drivers. The first year we went, it was uh, it was a bunch of young guns. My myself, my brother, uh, Ricky Shelton. And Steve Payton, the first year, uh, the second year, we went with Jerry Coons. Uh, Jay Drake went down there with us, Mark Beaumont. But that first year, media day, we're in the country for a day and a half, still messed up on jet lag. I said, listen, they didn't prep the track. It's completely flat. No bank at all, right? It's a beautiful facility. I said, go run a couple laps. You know, run it through the corner. We'll try and guess on the gear and try and learn something out of this to get ready for the first race. And it was, I think, the second lap. He jumped on the gas, went down into turn number three, full bore, backed it into the wall, destroyed the tail tank, wrecked the rear of the car. And when he got back, I said, what, what the heck was that? He said, well, I was curious if I could flat foot three and four. I go, it's media day. Now we got a junked car. We're in the country for 24 hours. we got a junked car. Sports page next day. Welcome, Bro, welcome to New Zealand. Mission you know, accomplished. Media and day. Then, there it is. Like, awesome. <laughs> Appreciate that. So, yeah, day one, we're already fixing race cars. And, uh, yeah, uh, from then on, it was, dude, really? you got to try and flat-foot Media Day. Not good. Going for it, man. Make <laughs> the headlines, right? I guess that's the racer mentality. I, 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 You know, you look at the track, and you go, eh, Chili Bowl, it's small, but eh, if it's right, I should be able to flat-foot it. Let's see if we can get through three and four without it lifting. Makes you, you know? you, I'm,
2: la- I'm only laughing because when I went to Australia in 95 after winning the Triple Crown, I did the same thing on Media Day. I looked at it, and... All the media is there. Same deal. I rifled fence. The only thing is I didn't back it in the fence, but yeah, I was sitting there the whole time going, I think I can flat foot it around there. And, you know, for us, it's a huge deal to go overseas like that. So when you go there, you want, you want to make a splash, you know, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, what the country thinks of the, the American drivers when they go over there. So you, you, you want to show them that, that, you know, you live up to the hype. And, uh, I remember that day, same thing. I'm like, man, I want to go out there. I want to look good in hot laps. I want to look good to the camera. Here's, here's local media that doesn't know if you're, that you could be a second over the track record or under the track record and they wouldn't know the difference. But it, as Americans, we wanted to sit there and we wanted to, to, you know, represent our country and, and make everybody proud. And, uh, for media day, we always wanted to go out there and see if we could run wide open around there. We thought it would impress the media, and they had no clue what was going on anyway.
1: Well, it, it impressed the, the media. They got a bunch of cool <laughs> photos to put in the newspaper the next day, and I'm like, really? Welcome to New Zealand. Yeah. You know? It's great. What is that deal like, by the way? You go down there, you're the Americans, you're competing
0: with the, with the New Zealanders and the Australians, and those guys have already made a name for themselves, and you're coming down there to steal a little bit of that limelight. Is that rivalry pretty pretty bitter?
2: It was weird because some of the guys you raced with were just thought it was really cool that that we came over and and they were excited to meet us and and race with us. There's a handful of them that are bitter and and envious of what we were doing, I guess. And and I don't know for lack of better terms there, but um, we're, we're, we're not quite as happy to see us over there, but um, you know, the racing was fun and the whole time we were over there, I mean, the, the. Every one of those guys, when we were away from the racetrack, were a blast and made sure you had a good time and had fun. Uh, The best part for me was, here I was, a young guy in my early 20s and went over there and, and the best part was having two girls argue about which one was going to come over and help do my laundry. I thought that was the best part of the whole trip was like, I can't even get, I can't even get people on my floor to help me do my laundry. And here's they're fighting to see which one's going to come over and do the laundry. So I thought, man, this is pretty Pretty cool. I'd like to come to Australia more (laughs) and race.
0: I know I've never been down there early on in my career. I I worked a lot with Larry Rice, the late Larry Rice, just a wonderful guy and, uh, and so talented, of course, in, in his time. But he told me, he said, of all the places that I ever went to and raced, he said, New Zealand is the one place I would move to. Absolutely yeah. loved it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, all the people are amazing there. Uh, their hospitality is just through the roof. They love their racing. Uh, but but the countryside, uh, you know, we, we traveled a lot while we were there and, and drove everywhere just because we wanted to see everything. So uh, both our trip to New Zealand, our trips to, to Australia, just unbelievably cool trips would, would do it over and over again
0: rico you've been down there
3: uh i've been to australia a couple times and i've been to new zealand twice so it was uh that was the biggest thing that stood out about me is how well uh how prepared they were for us to come over there for those months or those periods of time and how well we were taken care of uh you know they uh the family i went and raced for the second year in new zealand i i stayed at their house and they comfort us really well, and we raced their cars, uh, you know, and no matter if we raced good or bad, it was still the same, uh, you know, how they took care of us, so it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, I just, going that many years for me, uh, I really uh, kind of grew up in the last few years and realized how important it is for me to be home during these holidays uh, with my family, just because I'm, so, I'm gone so much racing in the summertime, and I never get to go home uh, like I used to, so. Uh, I take this time to be home, and, and uh, in the summertime, I hit it hard.
2: Well, uh, part of that's because I'm his family in the summertime. <laughs> I mean, it's my yeah. roommate. <laughs> so. never and he, and he's not home. a cheap roommate, yeah. by the way. I mean, there's nothing cheap about having him stay with yeah. you. You think, ah, oh, you know, he's he's easy enough. The, the hardest part <laughs> with him is his fishing program. His fishing program almost costs as much as the racing program does.
0: And no cheap bottles of wine for that guy.
4: No, 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 definitely not. He, he definitely
2: has a, a taste for uh, a good exquisite talent. wines.
4: Is this where he flips the car? Oh, yeah.
1: Almost. Right there, he I, I would
2: passed down. I was wide open. I would have passed down about the third time it went around, by the way. Did you have the steering My, wheel on? That's though? what I thought. I thought you took the My, steering wheel yeah. off.
3: My head was glued to the sideboard. Or to the, I <laughs> And it was all the Well, way I mean, black.
1: this is the best part.
3: i was dizzy right here. I'm dizzy.
1: <laughs> I mean, did you know? Did you plan right at this point to to yeah, jump on so, Brian?
3: Yeah, we we. He were was at, looking uh, at
1: Keith, but he ended up jumping on Brian. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, we were we were at the, uh, a bar a couple nights before that. Uh, after I won my prelim night, and I did donuts that night, and Brian, we met up with Brian and Lauren after the after the races and. Brian was telling me how he's won, you know, X amount of sprint car USAC races. And he's done this many donuts. And I said, well, I just, you know, like to give, like, show, show my fans the appreciation, you know, that's kind of my way <laughs> of giving back. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, and then we ended up making a deal. I don't know how it got, I had maybe too many Budweiser's, but, uh, I don't know how it turned into, uh, if, if I won on Saturday, he would be at the car. To catch me uh, in victory lane, and so, so how that's how it turned out. Do? Oh, I don't know. There, I lot you, oh, you lose track about halfway through. See, that's what well. we
2: got, Big Carl here for. <laughs> Carl's supposed to have this yeah, information. Yeah, he was, he was
1: counting them. They roll that back.
0: I mean, so the reason coming. I bring it up is you said he told you how many donuts he did. And you had to do you had to do more than him, so I thought maybe no, there was a he count, does. You know? He was
3: <laughs> just making it sound like he does. Like he's won so many races, he's done zero donuts, and I just I don't know. I don't know. I I I honestly I've never done donuts ever since that chili that race right there. I've never done.
0: It. <laughs> you did enough for a I career. I mean, I don't <laughs> think you can beat that. I don't think you can. No, yeah, that I, no, I agree. I mean, it's it's no. one and done. I mean, perfect. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the the only thing I'm not sure the Russian judge scored him properly. He didn't think the the Russian judge thought he didn't stick the <laughs> <a> landing <laughs> like he should over something. That thing was on all four corners one at a time at different points during that landing before. He just didn't stick the landing like he should. But I mean it was pretty impressive.
3: Keith sent me a picture uh, you know, on Monday or Tuesday after the race and my front axle was bent after that. <laughs>
2: I wonder why. <laughs> yeah.
4: Peg all the weight down on one yeah. edge. Like, yeah. I didn't send
0: you the bill. It's okay. A picture's fine. The yeah. bill. That's, you know, that's. Yeah.
4: All right. So, Stuart, your first win.
2: Tell us about getting to the Chili Bowl. I think I know the story. My very first Chili Bowl driving for Raleigh Hemling. So, um, and I don't remember. Somebody had offered to fly me down there in some little single engine airplane and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, this is great. You know, it's a long drive from, from Indiana, from Rushville. And I remember the day that I was supposed to leave, I had like 103.5 degree fever and, uh, some big storm was coming through St. Louis. And the guy called about two hours before we were supposed to leave and said, Hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to go. I'm like, well, I, I gotta go. So I had my bag packed. I get, I'm, I'm living with Larry Martz and his family in Rushville. And I grabbed my bag and, and, uh, your mom was happy too, no, right? Tootie d Marks, Larry's wife, she goes, what are you doing? I said, well, I, I got to get in the car and go. And she goes, you're not going anywhere. She goes, you got a fever. I said, I have to go. I have to go now. So I drove all the way to Tulsa all night with a 103.5 degree fever. I remember back in those days, Rico won't understand this. I, <laughs> I bought a Discman that you had. The, 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 oh, what? the port for it was a cassette with <laughs> <Right>. a wire <laughs> hanging out of so it. You, you put in, in the, the, the yeah. tape deck, yeah, and plugged it into... Uh, Plugged it into the discman, and I had one CD. I could only, I barely could afford the money for one CD. So I listened to the same CD wide open. I had the the, the radio up full blast. I had, I did have a radar detector because that proved to be a great investment. By the way, it saved me a lot of money. But had it open wide open, and I ran wide open all the way down there to drive uh, Raleigh Helming's car, ninety
4: three. I think I think Corey's on there. Let's try to try to bring him up here.
0: Ah, Corey kruzman in the house. And he's another, cruising. Another two-time Chili Bowl winner. How are you guys today? Good, man. Yeah, you're you're pretty blurry on our end, but you sound good. Yeah, you look like you're in hyper speed.
2: Lo- yeah, he looks fast I'm... right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I usually feel fat, so fast is
5: good for a change. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> we just been telling some yeah. of the stories about getting to the races and some of the crazy stuff that's that's happened over the years and i know you certainly have no shortage of stories over the course of of your career tell us tell us something bring us something
5: we've had a lot of good times uh it was actually kind of cool just last uh i guess a couple weeks ago uh out here at turkey night uh getting to spend a little bit of time with uh with the other rico um getting rained out but uh It was a bit of a fiasco out here, but uh, we were able to get the race in and and had a good time. I think all in all, there was only one happy person, which typically is what happens on any race night. But uh, yeah, uh, life's good right now. We're just uh, still real busy in the off road stuff and and getting cars ready for Chili Bowl.
2: I just realized why he looks so fast right now because his daughter's daughter's driving driving, driving,
1: (laughs) fast as he's been in years. (laughs) Hey, Corey, it's Cliff. Hey, Hey, Cliff, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Hey, I was curious. Uh, how many how many cars you guys bring in a Chili Bowl this year?
5: As of right now, we only have four, so uh, it's only. gonna be like here right? for us. But you kind of uh, start banking on you know five, six. Six is the most we we can do. But uh, yeah, four ought to be like a vacation right now. But it, it still be fun. <laughs> I kind of wish we were there at the dome.
0: I was just gonna say congratulations on your 20th year for the Corey Crewsman Sprint Car and Midget Driving School coming up here in 2020, right?
5: Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like a blink of an eye. It went by pretty fast, but still blessed every day to uh, be able to do something that's not work. Um, you know, it's not many of us get to live that dream out. And I've uh, been fortunate enough to be able to drive in circles my whole life and teach people how to do it. So uh, it's been a great uh, a great run for us, you know, especially with now branching off into the off-road stuff. Uh, it's it's kind of like uh, sprint cars on steroids you know it uh it, it would be uh, imagine putting a jump in the middle of Eldora and sending sprint cars around it so it uh, it's pretty exciting for us and um, I, I actually tried getting smoke in a truck uh, a couple years ago unfortunately the rain didn't help us out but uh, i think he would be phenomenal in one
1: well, yeah. it's, it's funny, Stout and I have covered off-road for a long time, but, uh, you know, those drivers are always telling me, man, I tell you, those sprint car guys and midget guys, those guys are absolutely nuts. And then I go talk to the sprint midget guys, and they go, you covering off-road this year? And I say, yeah, they go, those guys are nuts, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's it's funny how the the different versions of what's insane to do um, from these professional race car drivers, because short course off-road, as you know, is is, is pretty insane.
2: It is nuts. I mean, I, I, I like to screw around and run side-by-sides and, and – I get about a, a foot or two foot off the ground, and I think I'm doing something, and it scares the crap out of me. And then he wants me to run a four-wheel drive truck, and and I see these guys jump. They are jumping. They could jump over school buses and stuff, and it's like, that, this doesn't seem like a very good idea to me for some reason. I think there's parts of it I would like, and there's parts where, where you're supposed to get really high in the air and jump a long way, and I'm like, yeah, you think I'll just kind of roll over this and then get back on the gas? I don't know if I could do it.
0: I have this picture, um... Uh toot my son's horn here for just a second as he won the championship on a side-by-side in the lucas oil off-road racing series this year but cruzman and you does a heck test... of a job thank you um you can attest to this. We Wheatland got rained out this year. Actually, a tornado hit the racetrack and destroyed the place. It was destroyed bad. the grandstands, yeah, yeah everything. I yeah. mean, it, if you saw the grandstands, by the way, it was a story of its own. I mean, you, you, we think about the strength of Mother Nature, but it, literally, these big gigantic i beams from the grandstands were twisted like spaghetti. It was like, oh my god, how's that even possible? But it came, it came from,
4: it came like from the west right to the east, and it didn't even hit the circle track stands,
0: right? Yeah, like a lot of the track was still fine but the off-road yeah the off-road really got really took a hit
4: and the drag the drag boat strip was the ones that got whacked
0: in the back of that track and it's a phenomenal track for off-road it it really has a little bit of everything real uh real long arcing high bank turns really tight left and right turns the tunnel a a little bit of everything a tunnel a jump that goes over the top of the tunnel and uh and then they have this tabletop in the back that is a tabletop and I think it's I think it's 90 foot if I'm not mistaken. It was something like it was 70 to 90 foot flat to flat, like edge to edge. And I have a picture of my son and his Yamaha side by side mid air because he launched it, got him mid tabletop, and they were sticking the landing on the other side. And he's got to be three stories in the air. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like. That is just absolutely insane, man. i mean, uh, Talk about a car that was never designed to do what it's doing. And then it comes back and we're like, well, the front end's a little worn out. Oh, you think?
2: (laughs) See, that's that's why when Corey wanted me to do this test, it seemed like a really good idea. But the problem is they have radios. So I can just imagine. I'm going to be in this thing, and I'm going to barely get the tires off the ground. And then you're going to have Corey in the background going, all right, sweetheart, that's really good. (laughs) You did good there. Now we're going to try to jump this thing over this hill now. That just doesn't seem well. Opinion. One
1: night, I don't remember what it, if we it was we were in Phoenix. It was the same weekend as NASCAR, and we had you and I think you and Stenhouse
2: mm-hmm. were, at,
1: were at the off road track, and we got to interview you guys. But same thing, it was kind of like uh, looks fun from the stands, but probably not going to go out there and, and do. We this. had a what? number of guys along the way back in the Core days, like up until two thousand eight when Core went away. But
0: um, uh, Paul Tracing came out and was in one and super aggressive as as you would expect Paul to be, but uh, did did a nice job and he just needed some seat time, but. Um, they adapt to it pretty quickly, and the big trucks—the big trucks are pretty forgiving. It's the smaller trucks that really you get in trouble with. The pro lights just don't have the wheel travel. You know, the side by sides don't have the, the wheel travel. They hook a rut, and you know, it wants to launch you. But the pro twos and the pro fours really soak up, you know, a lot. And uh, needless to say, you know, the nine hundred horsepower helps you get over some of the big jumps. But you can also sail them too far. I mean, it's, it doesn't take much of a blurb on the throttle to, to fly it too far.
1: Well, it's, you know, we watch these guys do it. The Rob McCackrens, the Carl Renazetters, they go run this thing. They make it look simple. You know, you just drive around the racetrack and it's no big deal. They come watch these guys, you know, rip the cushion in a non-wing car at Eldora and, and these guys make it look simple. Eh, it's no big deal. You just toss her in there and bounce mm-hmm. off the fence and eh, it's no big deal, you know. Um, and it's, it both are equally impressive. I think that the turning right, would be very odd on the dirt probably for a, a, an oval track guy knowing that you're going to toss it in and kind of go the opposite way. Are you uh, talking whole,
4: to, I mean, you know how many road course wins this guy's <laughs> had? Not I mean, on the dirt, on, though. I mean, a little on.
1: different on the dirt. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be a little awkward to go in there and do it on the dirt.
2: <clears throat> I think the part that probably made me go, this probably may not be the right deal for me, was we went – I think we went both nights uh, of that weekend, and uh, that was one of the bigger shows out there. And, and so I remember going the second day – and uh in practice or something they were watching film of of adler getting upside down and Corey was trying to sit there and analyze what was going on and what to do to fix it and i'm sitting there and i don't know enough about these trucks to to get it but it's like i I kept asking corey i'm like is it is it got enough droop in the left rear so we're sitting here watching this thing frame by frame but i'm watching this thing when it gets ready to go upside down i'm like I got to work a lot harder than that to get upside down in a sprint car. He didn't have to work hard at all to get that truck upside down. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, "Man, Corey, I don't know if this is a good idea." And he's like, "Oh, it'll be fine." And I'm like, well, "Did you drive it yet?" He goes, "No." I'm like, well, "You drive it first and tell me if it's all right." Well, that's the other
1: question: How when, when is Corey Crewsman ever going to drive an off road well, truck? That's a great question. He's been Corey. he's been helping drivers out for so long, won some titles with Deegan and other drivers, and uh, and still has yet to get behind the wheel. You
5: know, actually, I did a test uh, with Patrick Clark. About oh, I don't know five six years ago, um, before me and Smoke talked about it. So, uh, but that was a pro too. Is
4: there any wait, video wait. footage?
5: No, that's and there's not. Going All right, to then that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, the intimidating part is when you come up to the jump. It, it's like driving up to the side of your enclosed trailer. You can't see how far it is. You can't see if it goes left to right. You can't see anything. Is and I, i'm gonna tell you when i drove it i bet i went up that jump full flat out at about 12 miles an hour and <laughs> it landed on the and scared me to death so i'm like all right i know they're laughing because i can hear them over the radio so the next time i hit it, 30 miles an hour and about ripped the rear bumper off because i landed on the tailgate of the damn thing so i'm finally like all right and let's go so uh The next lap, I was pretty good, but it's, you know what? I really enjoyed it because you could run anywhere you wanted on the racetrack, without the fear of turning over. You know, we we wiggle touching and that's our, that's our. um, These ones you can go up over it, and like I said, I I think Smoke and Ricky both had a great time in it, and and hopefully one day we'll be able to accomplish that. But it's such an impressive sport. That uh, there's a reason there's ten people every time we go.
0: Yeah, the yeah. pro twos. I think you would fall right in. Like you, you'd be second nature in a pro two. The pro four is different just because of the way you have to drive them. You got to flick them in so hard. You're so committed that you know really before the turn even starts, you know to to you know get all the momentum to, to what set about, you up perfectly. What, but what,
4: what about Rico? Rico, would you do it?
0: I'd hammer them.
3: Yeah, they sound so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm I over know. here licking my chops, you guys talking
5: about these things. <laughs> I'd hammer it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like Wheatland. Wheatland scares me because of that that we're talking. I mean, those guys were jumping over 200 feet on the landing, and they finally all of the drivers together, and they're like, "All right, we're not going to do this. It's unsafe. It's you know, this the jump's too big. It's too fast." And I'm like at the drivers' meeting. I'm like, you guys know the throttle pedal is on a hinge. You do have yeah. a brake pedal as
1: well.
5: You know this is something you can control. But, yeah.
0: um, stupid talk. Yeah, yeah they're, I, wanting, to, talk. they're <laughs> wanting to
1: redo the jump because we're <laughs> <laughs> jumping too far. As opposed to, you know, we can just slow <laughs> down just, a little bit. Yeah. Let off. me tell you. Let me tell you exactly
2: <laughs> yeah. where he's going with this and why this doesn't make sense to race car drivers. Because when Jason Leffler first came back to run for Keith and Pete in Indiana, he lived with me too. I I, I must be like the shelter for wayward boys and battered men or something <laughs> but he lived with me which that kid never saw the crack of noon i mean about four or five o'clock his bedroom door had open for the first time but we bought these little p50s and we had watched Krusty demons of dirt and here you had jeff emick and all these guys and and they bought these 50s and they had this little moat this little track in emick's backyard and what sold me is it was five dollars to win the race five dollars for the best takeout move i'm like we got to get some of these <laughs> so we went down to Na- the only place we could find four of them was in nashville tennessee so we drive to nashville get four of these p50s they fire them up in the parking lot that's what honda does load them up in the truck we had them strapped down Boom. roam straight home straight to the middle of the night i live in a residential neighborhood thank god my neighbors are old people that have known me my entire life and know that i'm a dumbass immediately know i'm a dumbass. <laughs> We were getting painters <laughs> lights Not the and setting these up.
5: Everybody in
2: the Everybody well exactly. <laughs> the whole neighborhood knows I'm a dumbass. But we bought we had painter's lights that were in the garage and we had anything, we had fluorescent lights from the ceiling. We had them out hooked up to two ladders, anything where we could get light in the backyard. We we're running these things till midnight until somebody and I it wasn't my immediate neighbors because they were out watching in lawn chairs. Somebody in the neighborhood called the cops. But we raced and raced and raced and we raced around a pine tree and then we had a right rear sprint car tire that was dismounted and that was the the marker for the other side we just ran the oval so that got to where that wasn't good enough so then we took a garden hose and watered the grass to make it slick and then the element of difficulty went up and it finally got sketchy so i was just like what Corey said i said well if we take our helmets off and don't ride with helmets we'll slow down because we're you know, we won't be as wild and crazy if we don't have helmets on. There's a great that, idea. That, that, that lasted about a half, a half a half the lap is all the longer that lasted. And then when Leffler went by me, it pissed me off and I went back to hammer down without a helmet, which was a much better idea. So
5: Tell him about cleaning his legs out when he tried standing up.
2: Well, that was the five dollars best takeout move. I mean, you'd get somebody <laughs> It's wait. five bucks on the line. I mean, come on. Who was the guy? Jeff Who? Emick. Jeff Emmick. Jeff Emmick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All so right so we learned real easy if you got on the inside of somebody and could get on the gas and get get up beside them uh you could reach over there and hit their kill switch and just enough i mean you had to take your hand off the throttle to do it but you could just get the kill switch and get back on the throttle long enough to clear them and go on away but that worked for a little while and then the only way you really got a really good jump on a guy is if you could get all the way beside him and get you know half a bike length ahead of him if you could take your right foot and kick the front of his tire. While he's leaning this way and kick it this way, he'd go, boom, <laughs> slam on the ground. So then by the time that they went, blah, 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 woke back up, got propped back up. Now, keep in mind, it's a 50, so your legs are at a triangle to hit the ground. It's not like you're on a full-size bike standing up and down. Their legs are hanging out. Well, by the time they, kick, they go to kick it, you're coming around again. So they got all their weight on the left leg, and they're going to kickstart this thing. And by that time, it's like Danielson—you sweep the leg, <laughs> you sweep the leg, and then they fall like a, they fall like a tree because they cannot physically get their leg back fast enough. So you watch them on a slow fifty go, oh. and the cycle starts all over. So. so that would normally get the best takeout move. You normally took the twenty-dollar pot and celebrated. And so. It was you, a lot, It was a lot of fun. All
5: these motorcycles. And mind you, all these motorcycles were bought for that $5 pool.
2: Yeah. I think they cost us about $2,500 a piece, though, to win $5 at a time. Makes sense. It was just like any other racing division. You, you guys spend get mad at the promoters, do will pay you enough. Yeah. yeah, but the good news is the promoter let us race at all hours of the night, at least till the cops call. Him. So.
0: Thanks for watching this edition of the skinny go to fatheads.com and check out all the latest in eyewear apparel along with many other products. Thanks to our partners at Elliot's custom trailer and carts for their partnership in this production. Thanks for listening to this episode of the skinny from fathead studios to watch the video versions of all of our shows. Please visit our YouTube channel, fatheads TV. Don't forget to subscribe.